special this morning. Mountains are gonna fall Cause he'll move heaven 
morning. Hope everyone's thinking about, you know, we have prayer requests and a lot of times we can take it lightly about prayer requests. We need to be thinking also not only about the power of prayer, but we have a a good summary of prayer. There's uh, many facets to prayer. There's many parts of prayer. There's people have talked about prayer and thanksgiving Asking uh, in our text, we're going to look at three things about that's naturally found in this passage in Matthew chapter seven. And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open that to Matthew chapter seven, verse seven. We'll begin reading, uh, of course, with that first one. We'll just read two verses together and uh, looking at God's holy word. Going from the power of prayer to summarizing prayer. What's it all about? You know, there's uh, what can we do with it? So let's stand for the reading of God's holy word, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Let's pray, Father. Thank you so very much for allowing us this opportunity to look at this very important passage. May we have a prayer life of power this morning. May we desire that and seek that. Find out if our prayer life needs to be strengthened. To find out this morning if if we take it lightly or if there's something more that we can do with our prayer life. Help us to be a praying people and a praying church. Help our husbands and wives to pray together and our families to pray together, to have time that they spend together in prayer. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. And uh, I know a lot of times that we we can take it lightly, uh, the the power of prayer, and and wondering uh, what does what more can we do? How can we do more for the Lord? You know, and just looking at this subject for a little while this morning, I want us to think about, you know, not only about uh, prayer, but prayer is directly related to our relationship to our Heavenly Father. Matter of fact, that's the way you and I got saved. We prayed to the Lord and asked Him to save us. A lot of times people only pray whenever they have a, have a meal that they want to, you know, bless. A lot of people say, say grace. There's a, some a running joke in, in uh, my, uh, my family or Karen's family that people say, and they'll say grace instead of asking the blessing upon the food. But a lot of times that may be the only prayer people pray is whenever they eat. And looking at this, we find really some rising steps to prayer, some very interesting. Why did Jesus say these words? Why did he say, ask, seek, and knock? And then he gives some information about what will happen after you ask, after you seek, and after you knock. That's uh, some, you know, those two verses there, just kind of a, a good summary of a, of a prayer life. Now, does that mean that, you know, many false religions have taken this and say, well, if you're right with God and you send a thousand dollars to our ministry, this can be your prayer life today. You know, it's almost like they're selling a prayer life. And that uh, anything, if you're right with God and all your offerings are paid up, that anything you ask for will happen. Well, that we find that that contradicts other scriptures in the Bible. So that's definitely not what this is talking about. Some people call that a name it and claim it gospel. But that's not what Jesus preached. That's not what he taught. And this is not about a name it and claim it gospel. Uh, first of all, just, you know, if you're going to ask, you're going to receive. Now, what is that talking about? If you're going to seek, you will find. And if you knock, it will be open. What does that mean? Well, there's a passage in God's Word that talks about, you know, praying because of uh, being selfish. Now, we can pray, Lord, give me a four-wheel drive, a bass boat, and a brand new 270. Those are needed things today. You know, give me a new dress, a new uh, car, a new vehicle. Pay off my bills while you're at it, Lord. You know, that'd be just a great thing to wake up and all your bills would be paid. You know, wow, I prayed and Jesus paid all my bills. Well... Mainly, uh, he just wants us to pay them. And he said, well, I gave you the money, but you spent it on other things. You know, just so what, what does it mean? There's this scripture, of course, in James chapter 4 and verse 3. that says this, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. So that verse there Again, if we're harmonizing Scripture with Scripture, that doesn't fit too well with asking, if I ask for it, I'm going to find it. If I look for it, seek it, there it is. If I knock, it's going to be opened. There was a little boy the other day praying. Him and his mom were praying, and and he said, he's praying in his prayer, Lord, would you please make 
Pemberg, the capital of Arkansas. And the moms, after the prayer, the mom said, why did you pray for the Lord to do that? He said, well, that's what I put on my test today at school, so I was just hoping that he would change it for me. And uh, you see, that that's praying selfishly. <laughs> you know, you just pray in to, to meet your own needs. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for needs, but are we praying, you know, what's our heart? Are we praying just for self selfish reasons? You know what I mean? And that's what James chapter 4 Verse 3 is talking about is praying for selfish needs. You know, and thinking about uh, praying selfishly, let's just break this prayer on down. How can, what do I need to ask for? Okay, Brother Michael, if I'm supposed to pray right and to pray correctly, how can I pray? Well, everybody turn to the book of Luke. Book of Luke, and uh, we'll take a real quick peek at how the, the famous example of the publican and the Pharisee praying. If I can get the right page going here. Luke 18, verse 10. There we go. Two men went up to the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. So two guys, and we've looked at this example before, but we're talking about, well, what should I pray for? If I'm not supposed to pray selfishly, if I'm not supposed to pray for uh, 270 and a bass boat and all my bills to be paid, you know, am I praying, did God already give me that? Did, already, did God already give me the talent or the ability to get that? We find here a person's prayer. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with himself. Verse 11, he says, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Right there, we find out that this fellow is telling God, but he's not asking for anything. He, he didn't ask God for anything. I, man, I'm just so... Matter of fact, what's he telling God? He's telling God how good he is. So really, he's voicing in his heart. You know, his prayer is just... It's definitely all about selfishness. It's all about, man, he thinks he's... Matter of fact, he looked out there at the fellow standing on the... on the didn't even get on the front porch of the house of God up at the temple. And he said, man, I'm just so glad I'm not like him. Man, I know I'm better than him. I know what he's like, and what is that guy? He's out there. He won't even come inside the church house. In verse 13, the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes, but smote upon his breast, saying, now this, by the way, is a request. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Folks, I'll tell you what we can pray for. We can all pray for forgiveness. We can ask God for forgiveness. Even after you're saved, we still mess up. And you know, all of us in this room, you got saved and God forgave, He forgave you of the, uh, the penalty of your sins. He forgave you of the permanence of your sins. You know, He, for, he put your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. 
He put your sins as far as the east is from the west. But did you know every day we have sins and they disrupt our fellowship with God? Little sins, most of the time, everybody in this room, most of our sins in this room are sins of our thoughts, sins of our heart. You know, we're judgmental, we're, uh, we're, we're prideful, we're, uh, we have bitterness, animosity, anger toward others or whatever. Most of our sin is in our mind and our heart. Some of our sins are sins of omission. In other words, we, sh- we know what to do, but we don't do it. The Bible says in James 4, 17, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And so in doing that, so most of our sins that we need to ask God for, that's a good thing to ask for. By the way, we'll get to also later, I think we'll, <clears throat> we'll hit on asking God to save the lost. You know, we ask God for prayer requests. Would you heal somebody? Would you help somebody through a sickness? Would you help somebody with a loss? There's a lot of good things you can ask for. The Bible says, ask and you shall find. Okay? What to ask for? There's things that matter in eternity. Just flying real quickly through these. uh, Romans 10.1. The Bible says that Paul prayed for his countrymen to come to know Jesus as their Savior. Romans 10.1, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel that, that they might get saved. Folks, that's things that matter in eternity. And then another very famous passage is Luke 17, verse 5, where the apostles, the disciples, prayed and asked God for more faith. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking God for more faith. Saying, God, would you, and the disciples said this, Lord, increase our faith. We need you. Would you please do that? That's a simple request. Asking God. So right then and there, uh, right, some of you made this. Have you ever been times in your life where you just doubted? All right, Lord, I, I'm, I'm doubting and I don't know why. Lord, I'm discouraged. And say, Lord, help my, would you help my discouragement, help my doubt, help my depression, help my disappointment. You know, so many of us get discouraged or depressed or disappointed. A bunch of D words. You know, or, or we're down, or we're downcast. The Bible talks about these things. The Bible says David had times of discouragement and doubt and despair. He was downcast, and there's nothing wrong with asking God, I'm, I'm up against a wall here. Would you help me? So, folks, there's a lot of things that we could ask for. When we're praying and when we're asking, speaking of James chapter 4, we'll head back there. We've already looked at, of course, verse 3. But in James chapter 4 and verse 13, it says, again, how to pray. Some things to ask for here. It says this, James 4.13, Go to now, you that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year, buy and sell, and get gain. In other words, man, I've got great plans. I'm going to open up a new business. I've got great plans. I want to start a new career. I'm going back to college, by the way. I want to do this. I'd love to do that. Me and my wife, we're going to do this. I've heard a lot of people over the years tell me their plans. And I say, well, have you, what do you uh, think? And I say, have you prayed about it? Or what do you think God thinks about your plans? Or is that really, do you really think that's what God wants you to do with the rest of your life? And that's basically what this passage is saying here. If you look at it, because it says in verse 14, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, 
For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. For you ought to say. Now, verse 13 was you speaking in the flesh. Verse 13 is all about I'm going to do what I want to do. And he says, listen, you only have a short period of time. Again, what should we ask for? I'll tell you what we should ask for. Things that matter in eternity. You know, I, I can pray that somebody gets healed of cancer, but what about their soul? Are they going to heaven or hell? Folks, there is a heaven. There is a hell. And that's something worth praying for, saying, I want to see people come to know Jesus as their Savior, praying for things that matter in eternity. I want our church to grow stronger, not because to look good or to have more numbers, but our church to grow stronger, to reach more for the cause of Christ, to see more missionaries helped, to see more people get affected and touched by the gospel. This little... Uh, and I say little, when you're talking a hundred million shoeboxes, churches all over the United States, Canada, putting together and sending these boxes out to kids that don't have a Christmas tree. They don't, and all they know is, and really they don't even think Santa Claus. They just think when they get those boxes, it's all about a gift and the gift of gifts named Jesus Christ. And they see that because they, that allows people the opportunity to share the gospel with these young people all over the world. You think, how can something so trivial as $5 worth of items in a shoebox amount to anything, folks? You can take a five-cent track, pray over it, and give it to somebody, and it make a difference in eternity. But how many of us are unwilling to take a step of faith to do something that we're maybe scared to do, nervous to do, worried about, or this or that? And you say, well, I, I just don't, this is something worth praying about. I need to ask God for more strength to witness. I need to ask God for more strength to come to Sunday school. I need to ask God for more strength to do more for the church because that matters in eternity. There's nothing wrong with praying for a better job. There's nothing wrong with praying for your education or God to open up the door for, for a new career. But the best things to pray for are things that matter in eternity. He says, uh, for you ought to say, verse 15, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. The next thing, just talking real quick, what should, now we're going to break down, uh, Seeking and knocking and asking. We, we looked at asking already. What to ask for. <clears throat> well, let's, let's just break down uh, what should I seek for. You know, seeking basically is this. These levels, back to our prayer life. First of all, asking is the first level of prayer life. According to Jesus' steps here. Ask, seek, and knock. Who made that order up? Jesus did. Okay? So I'm asking. I can ask for forgiveness. I can ask for strength. I can ask for spiritual things. Seeking is the next step because seeking is asking plus acting. Seeking, let me repeat it, is asking plus acting. So in other words, I prayed, now I'm looking. <laughs> That's it. That's the next step. I asked God. I prayed to God. Now I'm looking. 
Looking for what? Well, if my heart's right, I'm looking for good things. I'm looking for God to bless. I'm looking for an opportunity. I ask that God would work in somebody's life. Guess what? Now I need to look and see if it happens. I ask for, uh, for an opportunity to witness to others. Now what am I looking? I'm, I'm looking, I'm seeking, trying to see if that's going to happen. By the way, did you know there was this uh, a story about a, uh, a long time ago, Back uh, before cars and all that, people walking and riding horses and whatnot. And as going into this town, this old man sitting outside this town, he said, well, I'm thinking about moving inside this town, this newcomer said. And he said, what kind of people live there? And uh, he said, well, what kind of people are you looking for? He said, well, I'm looking for this kind of people. He said, well, you'll find those kind of people in this town. And uh, then another fellow uh, rode up and he said, what kind of... People live in this town. I'm thinking about moving here. He said, what kind of people are you looking for? I'm looking for this. And he named off a whole different kind of different people. He said, you'll find those kind of people there. You see, a lot of times you find what you're looking for. If you're only looking for the negative in people who say, well, I, I want to I, I find out who's messing up. I want to find out, is there anybody doing wrong? If you're always looking for people doing wrong, guess what you'll always see? That's what you'll see every time I'm looking for people doing it. And, I'll see, and you'll see it if you're looking for the negative, if you're looking for the bad. If I'm looking for good, I want to see if anybody's doing anything good in Promised Land Church. And I'm looking, I'm looking. And then I see. And, I, and all of a sudden, But the thing is, did you know, you will see, you will find what you're seeking. You will find what you're looking for. And it says here, so the things I should look for, if you're, I'm looking for faults, I'll find faults. If I'm looking for good things, I'll see the good things. Well, knocking. Because we've talked about asking, seeking. And the last step that Jesus gave is knocking. Knock and it shall be open. Well, knocking is asking plus acting plus persevering. Now, that's a long, as Roy Chapman used to say, an eight-cylinder word. That means I'm not giving up. I'm knocking. You know, let me in. Let me in. I'm knocking. I won't, you know, I'm knocking. I'm not giving up. Persistence. I'm persevering. I, that's what knocking's all about. So it's the next level. Number one, I'm asking. Number one, I'm looking. And finally, knocking means I'm actually going to keep pounding on the door. I'm keep praying. I'm keep working. I'm going to keep serving Jesus because He told me to. He asked me to. Knocking, as somebody once put it, is putting feet to your prayers. It, it is. In other words, you know what? I've, I've asked God to open up the door to witness to other people, to invite other people. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to put feet to my prayers. It's kind of like saying, you know, the fellow, you know, all, most all of you have heard the story about the fellow caught in the floodwaters. Speaking of floodwaters, there were some floods <laughs> this weekend rain. And, uh, and he said, he was praying, Lord, save me. The fellow come by in a John boat with a forty horse. Hey, you need I'm jump in, need a ride? No, the Lord said he'd save me. I'm praying. Fellow come by in a helicopter as a house up to the chimney. He's standing on the tip of the chimney 
And, uh, hey, jump in. We got a rope. And he said, no, the Lord said he'd save me. And he ended up drowning, going to heaven. And he said, Lord, why didn't you save me? He said, well, I sent a boat and a helicopter. Why didn't you get on? You know, and so that's the way we are. We think that now I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed, but we don't act. We don't do it, you know. And most all of us heard that story before, but that's a simple illustration that sometimes God gives us opportunities right in front of us. And so I don't need to give up. I need to keep asking. I need to keep looking. And then I need to put feet to my prayers. The desire of the Heavenly Father. The last two verses of, or three verses of our text... Back in Matthew 7, just finishing out this section, verse 9. I'm in Matthew 7, 9. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven Give good things to them that ask, that ask Him. You know, God wants to bless us. I heard this one time, and I, I remember hearing it before I read the Scripture. And I said, you know, that sounds scriptural. I wonder if it really is. And the person said this. The person said, God will never give you more than He can trust you with. And for the most part, that's true. And then, of course, later, after I heard that statement, I ran across this scripture in Luke 16.10, which says this, He that is faithful in that which is least is, is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And then if you keep reading, you find out, that uh, if you're unfaithful with unrighteous mammon or money, you know, and then it says, well, how can God trust you with true riches if we're going to be unfaithful with earthly stuff? So God gives us earthly stuff, and do we give it back to Him? And that does say and prove God does want to give us stuff. But you think, wait a second, He wants to give me stuff? What kind of stuff? Most of his blessings are not physical things. Most of his blessings are spiritual blessings. He wants to bless your heart. You say, well, I tell you what, I need a blessing on my checkbook more than I need a blessing on my heart. <laughs> I tell you what, well, guess what? The blessing on our checkbook would be temporary, wouldn't it? But the blessing on our heart would be something that could change our life. It could change our outlook. It could change our attitude. It could change our uh, approach to others. And looking at a great example of this, we should desire, you know what? Maybe I've been praying wrong. Brother Michael, maybe I have been praying selfishly. Have you ever thought about that? You know, as my prayer life... God says, and we've studied this before, and there's no time for me in this sermon. I don't need to go back and say, well, hey, y'all remember the scripture where God says he's going to take care of you? Y'all remember the passage on worry? That's the last section in Matthew 6. 
And all of us talk, we talked about worrying. But God and Jesus in the sermon said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you. I know you need food. I know you need clothes. And most of us have more than we need. So he's saying, if you have more than you need right now, why can't I just bless you spiritually? I don't have to have a brand new vehicle. I don't have to have every latest toy. I don't have to have this latest gadget. We like them though, don't we? (laughs) We like new stuff. But do we have to have it? Genesis chapter 32, the famous story about Jacob wrestling with the Lord. In Genesis 32 and verse 24, the Word of God says this, And Jacob was left alone, And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. So he's wrestling really with God in the flesh here. He's wrestling with God in the flesh. He doesn't really, I don't think he realizes it at first, but he does later. And he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh went out of joint. Well, that's pulling the MMA move right there. And uh, throwing the leg out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go. Because now he realizes, whoa, I'm not wrestling with just anybody. I'm wrestling with the Lord. Is there somebody this morning, here this morning right now, you're wrestling. You're trying to tell God what you want and your ideas. You're trying to do your own thing. You're praying for your desires instead of his desires. Y'all have spirit, y'all ever have a spiritual wrestling match with the Lord? And then he says, I don't want to let you go, Lord. I've realized that my mistake and I don't care if I limp the rest of my life. And he said, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. We know if you've ever looked at this, you may probably already know that that means trickster. He was a devious fella. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel which means one who contends and fights for the Lord. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I I pray thee thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. What a night that was. God, he, we should want His blessings. And, you, and really and truly, when we finally grow up and we ask God, hey God, I, I, man, I've been, been praying selfishly. <clears throat> and I, I haven't been praying spiritually. God wants to bless us. Of course, the greatest gift, the God blessing that God can give you is the gift of eternal life. And the very famous verse along that line is Romans 6.23, which says, For the wages of sin is death. Here we go. But the gift of God is eternal life 
He wants to bless you. He, you see, that's, that's the starting point. That's, all of us are going to live forever somewhere. Did you know that? Did you know every, did you know that nobody in this room and nobody since Adam and Eve has gone out of existence? Did you know everybody is alive? When God breathed into Adam and that eternal breath went out of God and into Adam, the Bible says he became a living soul. Did you know everybody has an eternal breath of God in them? They're going, you're an eternal being. You're going to live forever. Somewhere. The place is yours. We got a heaven. We got a hell. You have a reservation. The only, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Where are we going to live forever? I've chosen the non-smoking section. Okay. What about you? It's, by the way, it's your choice. You choose Jesus. You choose eternal life. There is a heaven. And there is a hell. The choice is yours. And you get it by praying. Just asking. Just asking. Just asking. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I thank you for the gift of eternal life. I thank you for the gift of even to be able to pray. It is a privilege and an honor just to pray to you right now. I know we pray every day and each and every day, and it's easy to take for granted something that we do every day. Help us not to take for granted the gift of prayer. And the greatest gift of all is Jesus Christ. And I pray that there's anyone here this morning that's never asked you to be their Savior, realizing that we're all sinners. That's why you became our Savior, died on the cross, and rose again three days later. Father, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.